I did not. I did not have hold music this week. I was like, um, "Oh, really?" This is. <laughs> I yeah, think it, it is. is. <laughs> it is just whatever works, I guess. <laughs> it's uh, it's totally Sunday night. <laughs> it like, is. I mean, I know, I know your your life has adjusted a little bit differently, but like the Sunday night blues, man, they're real. They are real. I get it because listen, I still have to get up every morning because I have two kids to get to school. So it's not like, I mean, I don't have a place to be by, I mean, a specific time, like not that early in the morning. I do have some morning classes. Um, I commute just as to the computer wherever (laughs) I left it last time I was on it. Um, But no, I get it. But it's, like, for me, it's a rush because I know I have one that needs to get on a bus by a certain time and then the other one I have to take to school. But yeah, I get it. Cause it's, oh, man. It's like, it just hits you hard. And like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. It's been a long weekend for for both of us mm-hmm. um, in, in various different ways. So um, as, uh, as you guys know, we don't hold anything back here. And we have no problem laying it all out on the table. No. Nope. So, um, this, this may be a very raw, emotional, um, <laughs> filterless episode. Yes. If, if we start to cry, it's fine. Okay? It's fine. Let it. Let them go. <laughs> Carrie, I think my favorite saying you always tell me is just let the emotions out. Let it out. Let it out. I know. It's um I was getting a little worked up writing down my few little notes just now. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is gonna be a good one. Yeah. Um but before we get too far into it, um, for those of you that maybe are just tuning in for the first time, welcome. This is the Filterless Females Podcast. I am Carrie Fick. And I'm Elisa Faust. And we had nothing to say after that. (laughs) That's it. Thank you. Have a great night. please come back next week no um so when when our podcast is more than three minutes oh Slota you're bringing me a toy for those of you who are just listening for the first time Slota is my dog she makes it into as many episodes as she can she makes her presence known as any girl should right now Um, she's bought brought over like this tug of rope toy that also has a squeaker so (laughs) that's the best just fyi Um, yeah um so do you want me to lead into this yes yeah you know what i'm just yes because <laughs> <laughs> i know that's normally your job but um taking it over tonight so uh like i said this this weekend was emotional for both of us in in very different reasons and um it kind of got me thinking today as i was driving home that I don't understand why our society looks at people who are crying as a sign of weakness because instead it should be looked upon as a sign of strength for all the crap and all the shit that you're dealing with and yes you know people say oh well those were happy tears or those were sad tears it doesn't matter tears are tears and they shouldn't be looked down upon you should be looking at that person and being more impressed with them that, you know what, they can handle so much crap that you 
don't even know and you don't have to deal with personally that you should be raising that person up you shouldn't be degrading them at all and as carrie said this this episode is probably going to be more raw than anything else because we're both fired up and we're both upset and we we get it our lives are very very different from each other um but at the same time we are each other's biggest supporters and everybody has people that they go to when they need support and love and what sucks is when that support system is smaller than you than you realize you know you lean on somebody and you confide in them and you go to them and it just gets thrown in your face instead that's what this episode is about amen but there's still more there is still more i will get Um, off my my uh preacher box now even though i can legally marry people in the state of new york so if you do need a wedding uh officiant um let me know i can do that for you during covid season or whenever no i can't wait for you to do your first wedding you're gonna be like you may now kiss the bride or groom and it's gonna be like all about the bride and the groom and then i'm gonna be the background going go lisa <laughs> you married someone right um yeah, anyways so that official, like clergy pin and everything <laughs> i love it um so i will say that i was getting a little emotional um thank you zloda for the comic relief in the background because i could hear you trying to get that toy right thank you zloda <laughs> Again, filterless. We do not like re-record anything, so this this is what it is. Like <laughs> we do stop and start again when it's not working, but yeah, um, but that's different. That's when we have technology but, fails, and we don't we don't have one of those sound technicians to like fix this for us. So bear with us. Um, no, thank you for that because it just like so. Everyone else knows I had to walk away from a situation yesterday and call my therapist, Elisa. <laughs> and be like, I need you to, to basically talk me down from the edge right now. Um, so I was in a situation. I mean, and I don't want to get too specific. Um, just because I know people, like, I mean, I get it. People are going to be like, really? But you know what? I want to start by saying it's not within your control to determine what's going to trigger an emotion, whether happy, sad, mad, like you can't control your emotions and how you feel just like someone else can't judge you for having those feelings. Like those are your feelings. You own that, Mm -hmm. um, whether you want to or not. I mean, you could be somewhere, you know, like think about it. Think how many people go to a wedding. That's the happiest place in the world. And you like walk out of there, like bawling your eyes out, you know, like, it's just, you can't, um control that and I as an adult have become very strong as society would phrase it as like not not showing a lot of emotion and crying a lot um I know we're talking about this earlier about how I just remember I was a very sensitive very emotional child um I took things very personally and you know I did I cried a lot about things and um when Elisa brought this up earlier about, you know, like, why does society, like, you know, think crying is a sign of weakness? I'm like, it's funny you say that because I just remember, 
you know, my mom telling me as a kid, like, you know, and I'd cry about something and just say, like, you know, if you, like, if you cry this easily over stuff, like, as an adult, you're going to have a really rough life. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I'm not blaming her for saying that to me because I feel like that came from a place of experiences she had. Right. Because of experiences she had. I mean, my mom, you know was a child like I mean growing up in like 50s 60s 70s you know what I mean so she grew up in this era of like women really having to fight for you know rights to do certain things and I mean I know that that's kind of what molded that you know thought for her right um and that you know like she thinks she's saying it to like help me but it's like that's like so then like I mean and I've always kind of jokingly said like I'm a bitch now because my mom told me to stop crying about stuff you know so then I just became emotionless but I mean and I'm not and I mean it just it takes a lot for me to like trigger those emotions um and I mean not that I don't just like cry here or there about stuff but just and, like the point that I had to call Elisa yesterday because I could not stop myself from crying and on top of that I was with a fairly large in COVID times, large is a very subjective word, but um, right. it, was, <laughs> it was like 10 people, you know, a mix of family and very close friends. We were outside. Um, it was socially distant people, but I mean, I was with a group of people and it was, um, you know, I really didn't have very many places to go. Plus I had my kids and my husband was working, which is why I um, had gone here um oh, for boy, something for the kids to do squeaky toys oh my goodness she's I am like so listen sorry, guys everybody need... <laughs> she's like guys you need to um <laughs> she needs this to is our life. yeah okay drop it she must know it's like emotional because she's right? like she never does this no she doesn't she normally just sits on the couch next to me and is like sound asleep but today yeah. she's so got to bring out every squeaky toy in the world yeah. So anyways, um, if you can imagine when you, you know, don't want pe- to draw attention to yourself when you're feeling emotional like this and you really have nowhere to go. So thank God for sun and giant sunglasses um, because and then a phone because I literally just like walked away like somebody like had my kids and I didn't even say a word and I just walked away and it was like, Elisa, talk me down from the ledge right now. So to give some background understanding for people that don't really know our story. So I do have um, two children. One has a disability. um, And you can go back to past episodes, posts, whatever, to hear more about, you know, what it is. But it's a very rare disease um, that he has. And we found out about it just like a week or two before he turned two years old. And he just turned five. So we've known for about three years now. Um, we learn more about it as time goes on because it is that rare. Um, he's one of three known cases in the United States, and we actually only found out about the two other kids um, not even a year ago. And the other two in the U.S. are brothers um, and known cases, so there could be more. It's just these are the only known ones, and then he's one of 14 worldwide. So, I mean, every day is a struggle. And the main... Um, aspects of his condition are that he cannot walk or stand independently. Um, He has cognitive delays, speech delays, um, trouble with his fine motor skills. So, um, you know, at five years old, he can't 
you know, he can't walk or talk, you know, he can't say more than a few words. He can't walk without assistance. Um, so, I mean, but he's the most adorable kid in the whole world. Like, I mean, he's like the cutest oh, freaking thing you ever saw. Really right. Is. So, um, I just want to squeeze him. And I think that that gets to people. And I mean, I think like I'm getting at the point because he's five years old now and he's still, you know, little and cute and I get that. But I guess I'm getting to a point in this, you know, thing that we're dealing with with him that, you know, he's not always going to be this adorable little kid. Like he's always going to be the cutest thing in the world because he's my kid and nobody's going to tell you like your kid's not going to (laughs) be the cutest thing in the world to you. But he's not always going to be like this little kid. And we don't know what his future holds. So with his condition, it's called spastic plegia, um, paraplegia type 52. Um, it's a neurodegenerative condition, which means that if it's not stopped, if we can't stop the progression of this disease, it's going to get worse. So if he does learn to walk independently, um, his condition could get worse and he could lose it. So right now we're working so hard. We've been working for years to get him, you know, up on his feet and walking and having that independence and, um, you know, like being able to talk, but like just knowing that there's a chance that he could lose it as quickly as he gains it. Um, so, and I mean, I know it's, it's hard for people to understand because it's not, it's not something known. Like, it's not like, oh, he has cerebral palsy or, oh, he's autistic or, you know, things that people have heard of, even if they don't know the details of it. Like, mm-hmm. people haven't heard of it, so they don't understand. And I mean, I've even had people say, like, you know, oh, do you have to call him disabled? Like, you don't want to think of him as disabled. And I'm like, it's my kid. I don't want to either, but he is. And I mean, I can't help that. So, I just, I was put in a situation yesterday where somebody made a comment to me that, basically was along the lines of you need to stop saying you did things because your child's disabled because that's not the reason why and it just it sat me over the edge because one I was shocked that this person said it to me Mm -hmm. two they completely had absolutely no understanding of like the situation I was coming from um they took a conversation that I had with them once and like the only other time I've seen them in the past six plus months because of COVID um they took one out of context statement and kind of built their whole you know judgment against me of like you know and it just it just and like as I tried to explain myself like basically I was shut down and just like no because you said and that's that and like that's it and I just I wish because I just I was put in a situation where I was made to feel like people think I use my child and their disability is an excuse for my life. And that like, I'm not. And if you know me, I a hundred percent do not play the pity party game. And I do not (laughs) live my life asking people to feel bad for me and give me handouts and take care of me because of our situation. I, the opposite. I mean, I work my ass off to make the best of the situation that we have. And I've said it before, our day-to-day life is as happy as we can make it because my child is the happiest kid in the whole world. Oh my gosh, he um, totally is. But there's challenges that come with that. And people that aren't in our day-to-day life, like they don't see it. They see us here and there with like this cute, adorable kid and, you know, not... um you know, like they don't understand. Like, I mean, 
they weren't there when he cracked his head open twice within two weeks because he can't stand up on his own and lost his balance. Mm -hmm. They weren't there when he's had to be rushed to the hospital because, you know, he got a fever and, you know, had a seizure. I mean, and it's just, it just, it blew me away. And I'm at the point in my life where, like, I just, I don't need that shit in my life. So these are now people that are not going to be a part of our life anymore because I don't want myself or my family around that. And that judgment is not, not something I'm exposing my family to and definitely not my kids. Exactly. You you just, you can't like, uh, there, there's so much judgment in the world about everything. And to judge someone else's life when you know very little about it is really shitty. It's just, it's really shitty. Um, you know, I get it. Everybody goes through something. Okay? You don't need to tell me that. I understand. I get that we all have these crosses to bear, so to speak. Or, you know, some people might say burdens or whatever term you want to use. Like, I, I get it. We all have something that affects our life. And... How dare you judge somebody and how they handle things? It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair to that person, to their family, to their friends, to their support group when you don't know anything about them. You know, I, my situation is obviously very different from Carrie's, but Being a very young widow, having no warning at all that your husband was going to die because we, and I mean, if you listen to our grief episode, we did talk about it, but essentially um, my husband and I went to bed and an hour later, out of the clear blue, I was doing CPR on him to try to save his life. And you don't know what that's like to not, not just to see, you know, yes, there are people who have done CPR and it, it's traumatizing and I get it. You don't know what it's like to do it on your husband and watch him die in front of you, to watch the life leave his eyes, to watch his body start to deteriorate, you know, to, to have paramedics in front of you for 20 minutes trying to resuscitate him to hear the words in the emergency room that your husband is dead with nothing no explanation and still to this day no explanation for it um but it's interesting how as a young widow society and people around you judge you versus a middle-aged widow versus a elderly widow. You know, we are often beaten down. And I say we because I'm in a lot of support groups with men and women um, from all over the world. And we are constantly beaten down because we're young. And that's bullshit. 
because my life was robbed. His life was robbed. And you don't know anything about that situation. You haven't lived that situation. You haven't come across that. It's actually, weirdly enough, more common than I thought to be a young widow. Believe it or not, it's just something people don't talk about. But I hate how people just assume things about my life now or assume how I should act or mm-hmm. how it's been an X amount of time so this should be done or things should be better. Um, and my, my emotions today are, are pretty fragile. Um, I went out to brunch with one of my friends from college who actually studied abroad with Dan and uh, we went to the same restaurant where we had the luncheon for Dan's funeral which is about a mile away from the cemetery and so I went to the cemetery after Uh, it's only my third time there by myself Um, fifth time overall because it's so so heartbreaking and I think I stood there and cried for like an hour before I even had the courage to start attempting to walk to my car and the whole time I'm walking back to my car I'm like sniffling the tears away and I'm the only person in the cemetery there was nobody else there I was totally alone and yet I'm like trying to compose myself because if somebody sees me I don't want them to think of me as weak and that's kind of how how you and I started talking about doing tonight's episode which I mean it was just it was needed it was I mean and ironic that you think you would appear weak crying in a cemetery like full of you know graves or people that have died um and it's just like it is um and like I said so I had a pep talk with my pseudo therapist Elisa (laughs) yesterday Um, I was like just talking down from the edges I just (laughs) can't like and I was two hours away from my house um I was like I want to go home like I mean and it's it's rare to be in a situation where it's just like I don't want to be here anymore I was like I just I I want to go home like I don't want to be here I can't do this like I just like I and I didn't and no for all the people that are like why didn't you stand up for yourself no I did not confront the person because when I tried to explain myself at that moment I was shut down and at that point it was the comment honestly was so ignorant that this person probably has no clue that they offended me and upset me that much no one knew I was upset no one knew I was crying Um, I walked away. I was crying under my sunglasses. Um, I took my son for a walk and was like, you know, crying while I was walking with him. I brought him back. Um, I went in the bathroom. I was crying in the bathroom. I came back out um, and then he went and was playing with his uncle and I walked away like without saying a word. I walked away. I went for like a walk around the block. Um, I came back. Um, the kids did, uh, they were at a place with like a Halloween trick or treat event. So 
I took the kids trick-or-treating. It was fine. I came back. Um, I was getting them ready for bed and I just, I stayed with them away from any other adult the rest of the night. Um, I went to bed when they went to bed. I cried as I was falling asleep. I woke up and was fighting tears again when I woke up this morning when, you know, like sometimes you just sleep it off and you just start a new day. I did not. Um, I was crying while I was driving home today with the kids in the backseat. Um, most of the way tears streaming down my face. Um, just, I mean, and then I talked to my husband about it when he came home from work, he's sleeping right now. Um, he had a total of eight hours to drive 40 minutes home, take a shower, eat, sleep, and drive 40 minutes back to work. So he will be up soon getting ready to go back to work. Um, so, and, and like, and I feel bad because like here he's in a situation where it's, he hasn't slept in days and he comes home and I'm like, I was going to wait. And I'm like, no, like you need to hear this now. And I, you know, I think he completely understood and he wasn't like, oh, I need to go to bed, save it for later. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know, and he gave me the, atten- like, not that I'm saying I needed attention, but he, like he's so good about that. And it's been very rare that I interrupt like his limited time when he has these shifts with the things. I mean, there was the day that I was like writhing in pain and he drove me to urgent care when I was like, no, you need to go to bed. He's <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm taking you to the doctor. I'm like, no, I'll go. He's like, you can't drive. And I was like, please just like go to sleep. Like I'll figure it out. Um, but like I had a good talk with him before he showered and went to bed. And I just said like, I... I'm like, because then yesterday, I remember telling you yesterday, I was like, he's going to be upset. Like, I can't tell him about it. And then today, I'm like, I don't fucking want these people in my life anymore. Like, why do I care mm-hmm. if he's as, like, he should be as upset as I am. But um, to give more context to it, because I realized as you were talking to, like, I, I hate the people that talking code, as I call it, that'll like post something like, oh my God, I'm having a really bad day. Why? Oh, it's just bad. Oh, pray for me. But I don't want to tell you why. Like, mm-hmm. um, So, and because I feel like I need to say it because like it is. So the whole situation as I've kind of alluded to over time and it's not anything that, you know, I'm hiding. It's just that, you know, I don't know how much people need to know about the details of my life. I mean, if you want to know, I'll tell you. haven't really talked about it here. No. So um, I know some of you probably picked up on a conversation. So I stopped working um, just – about two months ago, actually two months tomorrow, um, since I, I stopped working full time. Um, and as we said before, I didn't stop working. I just don't get paid for what I do anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was years in the making before I came to the decision. I do not make rash decisions at all. Um, but it was quite a bit ago that my husband and I had a conversation and had said like, that's going to be a time when one of us might not be able to work anymore because of Dante's condition. And, you know, I've kind of seen it like in a lot of people, like, and I've kind of wondered how they did it. And then I had that mom guilt of, you know, like I work full time, but then these other people have kids with like special needs and like they, they're home. Like, am I supposed to be home? Like, or how did they right. do it? You know, like, cause I always worry about the financial aspect more than I probably need to, but I mean, it's a, a big change like that is stressful. And I mean, I'm still trying to figure all that out right now. Um, and so we kind of talked about it and I was very lucky that I, I had a job 
where I worked for people that were very supportive of what I needed to go through. Um, And as time went on, not that they were less supportive, but I just, I always wondered if I was being limited in my opportunities because of my situation. Legally, I know a company and an employer cannot pass you up for opportunities or, you know, basically punish you for things like that. But I mean, get real people. It happens. They just don't admit it is what, how they get around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's been a lot of changes at my company in the past few years, a lot of up and downs, which is one reason why we've kind of talked about this because the stress for me when I have so much on my plate at home was getting to be a lot. And I've, I gave it a lot of second chances of like, well, let's wait and see how this works out. Let's wait and see how this works out. And it just, it got more and more stressful for me as time went on. And honestly, being home for six months with my kids 24 seven while I was working full time and locked in a room away from them was that, that was really a breaking point and an eye-opening experience where it's my kids do need me. And I can't be there for them because I'm glued to a computer and, you know, I don't, I don't need to be doing this. And, you know, like, yes, I need to work and I working my way back to that. So um, there was a lot of changes at work that affected that. There was a lot going on with the kids, you know, like being home and needing the attention and just seeing how, and not just my one child who has a disability. I have a child who does not have any disabilities, but he is affected by that as much as his brother because he sees like he's at that age now where I so many times now you know like he's almost seven so he's at that age where you know like I've been teaching like you need to help like help clean up or you know help bring groceries in from Mm -hmm. the car like when we got back to like you have to help bring bags and he's like well what does Dante have to do I'm like well, Dante, I, I wish I was Dante because Dante doesn't have to help with anything and Dante doesn't have to carry bags in the house and Dante can watch the iPad right. whenever he wants and Dante gets to listen to whatever music he wants. And like, you try to explain that to him. And I mean, and we do, and like, so then I expl- like, we made that Dante scream for an hour and a half in the car yesterday because we listened to Top Pop instead of Elmo. Like, I mean, <laughs> like. The world is ending because of that. I mean, so, but he doesn't see it and I get it. And like, there's balance of devices around here. People don't let that kid fool you, but it's hard to explain it. And it's hard, you know, like he doesn't quite understand, like Dante can't carry bags in the house because Dante can't carry himself in the house. So, you know, so like, I'll do little things like, okay, Dante, like you hold the cup, I hold you and the bag and like Vinny, you get this one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it just, I mean, in the day that I gave notice to my work and I didn't, the kids might've heard bits and pieces, you know, as we were planning and in conversation, but we didn't directly say anything to them until after. So the day I had my virtual one-on-one with my boss and I told her, and I sobbed like a baby as the words came out of my mouth. And I told her, I said, I can't do it anymore. I said, I really can't. I said, it's too much. I said, there's not enough highs and the lows are too low here. I said, and I don't need the cyclical cycle of one there's I worked for a company where they have massive layoffs at least once a year and it was more and more where I was in a position where I was worried about losing my job and while I was hoping for a package 
because that was the easy way out. The last round they had, I actually thought that I was on that list and I was terrified. And that feel like, I don't wish that feeling on anybody because yeah, that was a long you might week. say <laughs> it was, it was horrible and the anxiety yeah. and just the stress, like I can't explain it. And I mean, anybody who's had to go through that and actually been the one that was given that letter, I'm, I feel for you. And I mean, I was in a position like that before I was laid off from a company before. So I know what it's like to be let go. Um, but I said, I just, I can't deal with it anymore. I said, like, my kids need me and I need to be here for them. And I was completely honest with her. I told her, I said, I am going back to school. I said, I just, I need to work eventually. I said, but I need to do something that's meaningful. So um, I know I've also alluded to the fact that I'm going to school. So I am working on a degree, uh, degree in speech pathology. Mm-hmm. Um, the reasoning being many um, reasons to it. One is because it is a a good career. Um, it is a, um, I can't think of the word for it. It's a, um, there's job growth in that field right now. Um, the projected job growth is very good that there should be a lot. There's many openings right now, but when I reach like the point where I have my degree, it should be even better. Um, but it is a, one of the top jobs that you can have part-time so if I feel as though I can't commit full-time hours to a job because of the situation with my family, I don't have to. I can still, you know, work nice. enough to um, bring in some income for our family. And I have a child who will benefit from me having this knowledge. Like, would I love right. if I could go get a degree in speech pathology and physical therapy and occupational therapy and vision and special <laughs> education and neurology, yes, but I had to pick one. Um, and because of my background, it made the most sense. So these are all the reasons why. So fast forward to yesterday when um, I was joking around. I was with my sister is one of the people I was with. Um, and I mean, siblings joke with each other in, you know, like and argue in a joking manner. And that's just the relationship I've always had with her. And, you know, like that banter goes back and forth. Yes, I... I believe we mentioned this before. I am the Roseanne. She's the Jackie. So yes, I'm the bitchier <laughs> one. I'm aware of that. But, you know, I was joking with her and we were talking about like something. We we're going back and forth. And so I had made the comment and I was like, well, and so my sister is currently unemployed. Um, her job had closed. They were forced to close due to COVID and um, they have not gotten to a place where they've been able to call her back in you know, and I feel really bad for her because she may not get called back because they've also been um, told that they have to cut expenses mm-hmm. because of all the revenue they've lost, which is happening to a lot of people. So she may not be called back, but she's been working on other things too, you know, and it sucks. Right. Yes, but you, you know, pivot. she's she's pushing forward. Um, and I give her a lot of credit for that because she took a huge leap to take that job and, you know, it may not have worked out for as long as she thought. So she's unemployed. She's been on unemployment since March. Um, so we're joking back and forth. And I had said something. I was like, well, I'm not working. And she's like, I'm not working either. And I said, yeah, but I don't get unemployment. And um, so the other person in this conversation looked at me and she kind of snapped at me. And she said, you quit your job. I said, yes. I said, I did it to take care of my disabled son. And she snapped at me and she said, you need to stop telling people that you told me you quit your job because of all the bosses that you've had 
in such a short time period and you were going back to school and you quit your job to go back to school and you need to stop telling people that. And I said, and as I started to explain, I did that because, and she's like, no, you need to stop. And I just, at that point, I was in complete shock. Like I'm shaking right now saying it again because I'm just like, I can't believe someone would say that. I'm like, like, I'm like holding no because you know I was like sorry to get in the car, drive down there and just punch this person in the face and just flip out. I just, and I just, I was in shock that someone would say that to me. And I think, I mean, and I haven't, I mean, it's not a person that, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, like people in my family are friends with her and like we've all been friends and we've done holidays together. And I just, I feel like it's one of those people that I'm assuming she's one of those types that doesn't understand why I've been more distanced because of my child. And there's been a few times during this COVID where she's, you know, asked us to come and do things. And I've said no, because of my child. And I don't know if she takes offense to that. So on the flip side, there's a person like that. And then there's two other girlfriends of mine that um, both text me separately uh, about a week or so ago. And they've been doing this um, pints in the park thing that's been going on in our area where you go, you sit, like, you know, it's like picnic style and you go sit outside. There's some breweries that bring food and beer in um because you have it to buy like food so much your fun alcohol right mm-hmm. and it's in parts it's in the open they advertise it as family friendly so I couldn't make it to one a few weeks ago but they had gone and so they both text me separately like I don't know if the other person asked you but you know do you want to come with us you want to try to go again you know this weekend and so I had said well you know depends on if you know Mike's working or not um Cause I'll have the kids. And so they said, you know, like, and I said, you know, but is it okay to bring the kids? And they said, like, people were there with kids. You just kind of have to bring your own stuff to entertain them. Like, you know, bring them if you mm-hmm. want, like they don't care. So, um, not only did I not end up going, but I forgot to tell them that I for sure was not going. So here I am like total basket case because of yesterday. So I, you know, started a group text with them today. And I said, I am so sorry, girls. I said, I had every intention of telling you that I was taking the kids away for the weekend and I wasn't going to go. And I'm so sorry. And I said, please, I said, I do, I do want to do something with you. I do want to get together again. Um, I said, you know, I'd love to have a grown up night or day out. I said, just please don't forget about me. I said, don't give up on me and please don't stop inviting me because one of these times I'm going to be able to go. And they both were like, oh my God, like no big deal. We understand, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it'll work out eventually. And these, this is why they're my people. Okay. And this is why the other ones are not my people and why these are my people, because my people, I could not talk to them for months, like not even like text them, call them, see them for months. And when we connect again, we connect, like we never left. And it's not like, Oh my God, Carrie hasn't talked to me in like two weeks, three months, a year. Like she's dead to me. No, we understand that we have shit in our lives and it just, that's that's what I need and I know I've seen posts about it before and if you guys even if you just have kids that have no special needs but you have kids kids take a lot of energy and it's hard and some people can't get babysitters or financially they can't go out for even a beer because it's not in their budget and right 
when you don't have support and you don't have people in your life that understands that, like then you become isolated and you have absolutely nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. And, you know, I'm feeling it more and more now and I get it. Like, you know, people don't want to hear about it. I know that I've said before, we have a public page in a, a blog style website for Dante and we've really been pushing on fundraising the past year and trying to do our part. Um, and I was very hesitant and I've said this before, I was very hesitant to start doing that um, because I didn't want people to think that I was looking for sympathy or attention. And I came to terms with the fact that I knew I needed to do it because people need to know about Dante because they need to know that these rare diseases exist, not just his, all of them. There's so many that it's not rare. Can I say how many? he's the rarest inferno? Yes. Oh my gosh. You guys got to get your shirts if you don't have them. They're the best. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'd bring some comic relief into that. <laughs> yes. But, um, and I understand that no matter how much I say I'm not doing it for sympathy and attention, people are going to perceive it that way because people mm-hmm. have their own opinions and I get it. Um, but, and I'm not going to stop pushing and I'm not going to stop sharing his story because it needs to be shared and he can't do it for himself and I get it like maybe right now it doesn't seem that bad like you know okay big deal he can't walk um you know big deal he's not saying sentences or he's delayed in school you know I'm um I've had family members you know that either haven't taken the time to really understand what's going on with him or just are in the denial of not wanting to accept it, um, say, you know, like, oh, he could be, you know, a few years of preschool and then, you know, he could be mainlined by the time he gets to kindergarten and be fine. And like, they weren't getting it no matter how many times they say, like, you don't understand, like this kid might never be in a typical school setting. He might never be able to go to college. Like, and while I'm lucky that I don't have to deal with, it's not known at this time that like there's there's no signs that it's going to affect his life expectancy. Right. But then there's moments where I can't help but think like the summer and like, you know, the falls and with his head, like that can't help but make me like terrified in certain situations. Like how is it going to affect him later on? What later on? Or I mean, do I have to worry about him falling and hitting his head the wrong way that it's not just a few staples in the head, you know? And like, people don't understand, like, this is the kind of thing that scares me. Right. You know, you might be scared because your kid's, like, going to start driving and, you know, kids behind the wheel of a car is dangerous. Like, hell yes, it is. Definitely. <laughs> I, have to, I have to worry about my kids standing up and mm-hmm. falling down with the wrong things around him, you know, like near a sharp object or a floor that's too hard. And, like, that's what terrifies me. So, you know, right. sorry your kid can learn to drive. <laughs> I think – I think the point in all of this is people who are ignorant don't understand the fight that we have to go through every day. And I'm saying we, not just Carrie and I, but all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what our fight is, what we have to do when we open our eyes in the morning to be able to survive I'm not saying live I'm not saying excel I'm saying survive the basic things that we need to do to survive 
And then anything beyond that is great. You know, I I don't know what it's like to have kids because I don't have kids, right? But I went to school to be a teacher. I know I am not a teacher. I did go to school for special education um, and regular education and childhood literacy. But I would never judge somebody for them making a sacrifice for their child, whether they're disabled or not. They're your kid. They're your pride and joy. They're the number one thing in your life. And for you to judge somebody for changing their life to excel their child's is pretty shitty. And I have no problem saying that. Like, I get it. I'm not telling, I'm not giving parenting advice. Okay, I can't. I'm not a parent. But I am a person who has a very empathetic heart and has a lot of passion, especially for children and especially for children who are disabled or otherwise abled or whatever term you want to use. Um, You know how much you have to push your quote-unquote normal children or your gifted children. And it's no different. You know, last night I was at my parents' house for dinner and our neighbor, or their neighbor, I guess I should say, I don't live there anymore, uh, came over who is like a second mother to me. And we were talking about the schools and what they're going through and the challenges that they're facing now because our neighbor actually worked in the school that I went to. And um, not only was she my neighbor, she was also my teacher assistant because I'm a special ed kid that grew up and is thriving as an adult, essentially. And so she's seen me from both sides. She's seen me as the, the academic and as the student. She's also seen me as the cute little blonde next door that she got to watch grow up and help raise and we were talking about the struggles that kids are facing right now whether they have an IEP or they don't and all of her children were and are very very intelligent and she was saying that when her kids went to that same district the fight that she would have to put up with And what she had to do as a parent when her children were going to school in the 90s to get them to be pushed so they could get a better education because they were gifted and they weren't getting those needs met. It's it's no different, right? Like Mm -hmm. what you have to do as a parent to help your kids thrive is to sacrifice essentially in some things. And there's no room for judgment because it goes back to the basic survival. And then once you are able to survive, then you can thrive. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I love it. You know what? Some, somebody else can complain about it. It's not me. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm not giving parenting advice. I don't. I don't want to get like hate mail like, no oh my God, at least, like, you don't advice. have kids like you how do you know or you're not a teacher anymore well because I lived it I personally was that child living it well you were and you know what and you 
aren't teaching now, but you were a teacher and you've experienced that. Honestly, like some of the best advice that I've gotten for, you know, things to do with my kids has been from their teachers. Like they spend so much time with these kids. They have so much training. I mean, it's the teachers and therapists that my son has been so lucky enough to have in his life have been the biggest ones. biggest inspiration for me to have made the leap that I did and you know what like I'm scared as hell to be doing this because it's such a huge change I mean midlife career change I keep telling people I feel like I must be going through a midlife crisis I mean I'm gonna be in my 40s and trying to start a new career when all these 20 somethings are you know mm-hmm. trying to get the same jobs as me and you know that's that's a fight I'm gonna face when that time comes but you know what like it was the right thing for me to do and in the meantime I'm here for my kids. Like, honestly, like I know you said earlier about, you know, not having the same kind of Sunday night blues, but I mean, I am getting up with my kids. Like I don't, you know, sleep till 10, you know, and I'm up with them. I have my alarm set to make sure I'm up and getting them ready. But, you know, just the amount of stress that's been relieved from our mornings just because, you know, my focus is on them and getting them ready and them out the door and not on top of that, mommy's got to go to work too. Like I got to get ready. You can't be late because I'll be late. And then just to have that. And then I'm here for them every day after school um, where I was never home until at least six o'clock. And then it was like rushing to eat or get to swim lessons or you know like mommy and daddy want to work out so you you know you're going to child watch while we you know sneak in a workout and then we're all getting home at eight o'clock when you should have been in bed 20 minutes ago and it's just you know it's really made a huge difference (laughs) you know but and then I have the time during the day to figure out you know what I need to get done and you know plan for dinner so we're not just you know ordering pizza or crappy takeout you know and I'm not saying that I'm making gourmet meals every day or that there's even a plan <laughs> every day but you know it's it's better than it was and right. I'm grateful for this time and I mean I get my kids are older and yeah they're in school but you know they still need you they need they you I think they need you more when they're not with you all day and they're coming home after you know a day at school and you're hearing about you know all the little things is because I mean when you come home four hours after they're home and so I was going good I don't remember what I did today but when they walk out and get in your car immediately or walk in the door right off the bus and it's you know and then so and so was like right. you know this good. that or whatever or you know and like it's the cutest little stories you hear about their day and I mean, little things like, so my son, like, I mean, they bring home a stack of papers every day, but it was um, like a letter worksheet of like a phonics type thing, like where he had to pick what letter each word started with. So it was like, you know, pan, like and you'd write the letter P or cat and write the letter C. And it was all consonant sounds. And then at the bottom, I saw he wrote A-E-I-O-U. And... I was like, oh, I was like, but I'm like, why did why did you write A E I O U at the bottom of this paper? And he's like, oh, because so and so said, uh, excuse me, why don't we all write our vowels on the bottom of the paper? So then we all had to write our vowels <laughs> on the bottom of the paper. And I'm like, okay, oh, <laughs> I'm curious, okay. you know. But it's like it's that kind of little like banter and like those things that like you know you feel like you miss out on because you're not taking the time to really listen to them and hear, you know, 
what they did because you're too busy moving from one thing to the next. And I mean, and I'm not saying if you're still working that that's like the bad choice because it's, you know, like I always loved it. I don't know if it was a pep talk to myself or that I truly loved it. And I think being home was like a huge game changer. And I've heard a lot of people. I have talked to so many people Mm -hmm. that are either not working anymore or chose to retire maybe a little earlier than they would have um, because of all this, because being stuck at home and all the changes like just made so many people realize it's not worth it. And my life and my family are more important. And that's, you know, that's fantastic. And kudos to all the people that, you know, have been able to do that or that made that change. Um, But I always loved it before. And I remember even saying to my husband, like for so long, like I, I didn't care that we both worked so much during the week because we had weekends with the kids. And I just, I wanted my kids to see the value. I wanted to grow up with like that work ethic. Like my dad busted his ass, you know, and I saw that. And that's where, you know, I got my work ethic from because I just saw like my dad, you know, worked so hard every day of his life. And I mean, like I've said before, literally worked until the day he died. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like he was, and he was planning for his retirement later that year. Um, and he just, you know, he didn't get there, but, um, regardless, I wanted my kids to see that because I want my kids to have that value, that sense of value and that, you know, you need to work to get things in life. And I mean, I don't, I feel like doing this and, you know, explaining to Vinny, you know, like, do you know why mommy's going back to school or do you know what I'm going to be doing when I'm done with school? You know, just so that he didn't see that, like, you know, mommy didn't, you know, just my mommy just doesn't work anymore, like working towards something. And I'm saying like being just a straight up stay at home mom, those moms do so much and that's work. And it's not, I mean, for people to judge and say that just because you don't have a job with a paycheck means that you don't work. I mean, that, that stigma needs to go away. Yeah. Um, But I think one of the bigger points that we were trying to make here, if it didn't come across either, is like part of this came across is, I mean, because we both have put on a lot of strong faces um, over the past few years. And, you know, we have our moments and we have our breakdowns and that all happens. But, um, you know, like we're coming up with like the topic, like what's the general theme? Because we can obviously go off on tangents. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like the phrase that came to mind was just that, you know, just because we're strong doesn't mean we can't break. And we both had our breaking points this weekend. And not to say that, you know, it's one and done. It's not going to happen again. It is going to happen again. Oh, it definitely um, will. So then I was kind of trying to remind myself, like, you know, where where have all those signs of strength been for me um, that I th- you know, realizing other people see it too. And, you know, maybe some people only see the strength and they don't understand that, you know, I'm fragile at the same Mm -hmm. time. And you just, you know, think what you want, but you don't always need to say what you're thinking. And I mean, I'm not saying don't, you can't have judgments against me. Judge me all you want, but think before you say it to me. Because maybe it's just better kept in your brain or, you know, talk to somebody else about me. I really don't give a shit. Um, But just realize that, you know, words hurt people. Um, So some of the things that I had come up with, too, is, um, you know, I just remember a few years ago, my mom saying something to me about, 
you know, she was maybe talking with one of my aunts or something. It was after one of Dante's hospital stays. And she just said something about like, you know, my gosh, like everyone just can't believe how strong you are, you know, doing all this. And <laughs> I, you I know, hate that phrase. And just like, you know, or like maybe she was, just, you know what I mean? I know she meant it as a compliment. Right. And it was meant to be. And I, and I did. I, I understood I that. that and I took it <laughs> as that, you know, and. You know, like, and I just looked at her and I was just like, well, I have to be. I mean, like, and I think because, you know, she's been around for enough of these situations too where it's just, you know, common, cool enough of a situation where I'm just calling her like, you know, Dante's in the hospital or, you know, I had to call an ambulance. Like, I need you to come meet me. And it's just, you know, you have to be because and it's just there is a bit huge aspect to that that it's just like, you know, when these situations happen that we just know like, you know, okay, like it's Dante. We know this, we know to expect this, we know what to do next. And it's just, but that doesn't mean that you're not, you know, torn apart on the inside and that you're not lying next to him in his hospital bed, you know, crying while he's sleeping or having, you know, your own breakdowns. Um, the very first time this happened, um, I was at work, my husband had called me and said that he had to call an ambulance. Um, so I was driving from work to meet him at the hospital and it was in March. It was the day before he turned 18 months, which I remember very significantly because I could not understand why the nurse kept putting, he was 17 months in the computer that day. And I'm like, but he's 18 months tomorrow. And then she's because of how hospital notes work. Right. And she's like, yeah. but he's, he's not 18 months today. So we can't say <laughs> yeah. he's 18 months. And like, it was just funny to us that we're like, but tomorrow he will be. And they're like, today he's 17 months. I'm like, okay. Like, you know. And um, 30 days. Right. But, um, so like, that's how I remember. But I also remember it was in March and it was leading up to, um, you know, the anniversary of when my dad had passed away. Mm-hmm. But I just, I remember as I'm making these frantic phone calls to people on the way in to let them know I was on my way there. Um, I had a cousin who worked at the hospital. So I was trying to get a hold of her to let her know that, you know, he was coming in and, she um she was in a meeting but she got the message she had met us down at the ER and, you know which was great too because then she could like very calmly walk us through okay they're gonna do this they're gonna take them here you need to wait here for the test like I'll sit with you while I can and then you know I'll come back and you know right so it was you know we're lucky that we had that kind of support from just other than just random hospital people that do the same thing and they're great um I think especially in any children's hospital too because they're there to support um parents who are obviously right. like you know it's freaking out scary situation <laughs> um but um just all the emotions going on so I'm like I'm driving there making these phone calls and I'm just like you know I'm like praying to my dad like please like protect him you know um and one of like the biggest um things it was like making me think that not just because it's obviously a time when you want your parents around and you know we have parents that can't be there for us I and mean, my husband and I both have fathers who've passed away um, but Dante's middle name is my dad's name. So, you know, like that drew like a great deal of significance to me. Um, but then I just remember, um, I had stayed at the hospital with him the first night. Um, I think the second night, I think was when my husband and I took turns. Um, and then the third night, I think it ended up that he had a bigger room and they let us both stay because he was out of ICU and they're like, eh, anybody can stay when you're on the floor. Like, you know, bring the whole family. <laughs> like, well, um, they were well, all super nice that, there. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I remember driving the first time I was driving home after 
having stayed a day or two at the hospital and um I came home I took a shower the house was empty um because my other son was with my sister and it just like it was such a weird feeling in the house and I came in I showered and um and I don't know I honestly don't remember if I came home first but I just remember like it's like I just I went straight to the cemetery and I remember my sister calling she had dinner and stuff ready and I was like I'll be over and I just like you know I just started crying on the phone with her and I said I'm going to the cemetery and she's like do you do you want me to go with you and I'm like no I said I I need to go by myself she's like is everything okay and I'm like you know yes but no but I'm like no I said I just I need to go and I mean I'm like you I don't go a lot um too heartbreaking and I don't know if I should or not but yeah, like, I, mean, I just don't. I know a lot of people find comfort in it. Um, and I do. Well, <laughs> because where, where, where our plot is, we have a family plot. So I do find, like, small amounts of comfort that he's not alone because my grandparents are right next to him. But yeah. it's too heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Ooh. Hang on. Drop my mic. I'm like, wait, I'm here. Um no, and I, I don't, and um, actually the cemetery is across the street from my son's school, and I take him to school every day, and, you know, a lot lately, I've been kind of looking, and I'm like, you know, I, sh- I should just pop over there when I leave in the morning, and it's like I want to, but um, one of the things, and it's as silly as it sounds, is I don't, I don't know if there's something you're supposed to do when you're there, like, you know, like, some people just sit and just, you know, sit with their thoughts, I mean, are you supposed to say something in your head out loud? Do you bring flowers? Um, so when I do go, typically I go with my sister and we bring a bottle of Kessler's because um, it's what we do. Um, but that day, just, I was just like, no, like I just, I need to go. Um, and at that point, that was his very first hospital stay um, before we knew what was causing all of it. And we didn't have a diagnosis. And it was just, I mean, as you can imagine, traumatizing (laughs) and um one of the things I just remember they kept telling us is they kept coming in saying well we're going to do this test and we're going to do this test and they kept referring to um it could have been from trauma during pregnancy which I was never told of any trauma happening while I was pregnant so like that they kept saying this to me as if I was supposed to know that something traumatic happened so here I am not knowing what's going on with my son but at the same time thinking that I did something traumatic to him <laughs> while I was pregnant and didn't know it. and I'm like I like no I, I took the vitamins and I ate the good foods and I'm gonna eat the onion rings too but you know and <laughs> don't get me wrong like there's been plenty of times where I'm like I mean second child syndrome right like I took the vitamin but you forget them with your second kid and don't tell me you don't you forget them with your second kid um, I ate onion rings, um, that was like my craving onion rings and olives. Oh, interesting. Ol- like $8 a pound salad bar olives. Like it couldn't be just like the dollar 99 can of <laughs> olives. Like you had to get and I would hide ones. them. Like nobody else better dare touch my olives. Right. Like it was this weird obsession. Um, but then there's been times where I think, like, oh, my God, like, I forgot to take my vitamins a couple times. Or, like, I, you know, I was eating, like, fried food. Like, did that do something? And, I mean, people, as far as I know, so let me just give you the pep talk right now. You can't control genetics, okay? So what you eat, I'm pretty sure, does not do anything to affect the genetic outcome. Like, that's already been determined at that point. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, and I, I say it for you as much as I say it for myself to remind myself that it's, you know, it's not anything I did. It's not anything my husband did. It's just, it's genetics and that's what it is. And I mean, we don't, you know, we don't sit around, you know, like, oh my gosh, I wish this never happened to us. Like, do I feel bad that I have a child that has to go through these kinds of struggles? Yes. But we don't blame anybody. We don't feel sorry for ourselves. We don't feel sorry for him. We're just, we're fighting like hell to try to get him the cure that he needs and that the other kids like him need. And we're, you know, yeah. Are we going to blow up your feeds with information about him? Hell yeah. Because we're fighting to save him. I mean, is it any different than, you know, when, you know, Uncle Joe has cancer and he needs a GoFundMe page? No. You know, so you feel, you know, I just, and that's the thing. Like, people have so much sympathy for the person whose house caught on fire, the person with the cancer, the person, you know, with the car accident or, you know, the, the baby with the cleft palate. But then somehow when it's like you and they know you and then it's like you're sharing too much you know I mean it's I just don't understand like I mean I get the world has judgment and you can't get around that and as much as you know like everyone judges something you know it's just I just don't understand why you have to be mean about it very true I don't even think we should do an f this well, I have an alternate. Um, because I feel like our whole episode was just a big. It is. I mean, and I know we're getting more of these. So this is, and I sent this to you right before um, we started. And it's just like, first of all, people, Jen Hatmaker, if you don't <laughs> follow her. I you need love to. this woman. I love her. I love her. I know Elisa loves her. Yes. She pops up in my life <laughs> saying the things I need to hear at the exact moment. I need to hear them. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, how many times do I send you something? I'm like, Elisa, like, we needed this right this second. Yes. (laughs) And there she is. Um, I love her. She is, she is like us. She is raw. She is real. She is funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, there's, I just love her. So she had a post earlier today and look her up. It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram. Yeah, it's Um, on Instagram. It's the same thing. Um, but you know, she's been going through some shit in her life and you know, she's been very open about it Mm -hmm. and I appreciate that. Um, and it's not, I mean, and it's public. So, I mean, so she's going through a divorce. Um, and, um, she's been kind of sharing what it's been like for her emotionally. And, you know, some people could say, oh, you know, well, she's getting a divorce, but her husband's still alive and, you know, mine's not, or, you know, like that, that person's husband died, but like mine left me. And you know what I mean? Like, I mean, cause I have, get it. I have it's had not... people say to me and I quote, but Elisa, you're so lucky that your husband is dead because my ex-wife is still alive. End quote. Are you fucking kidding me? Someone said that to you? Somebody said that to me. That is wrong on so many levels. Yeah. So, again, when I say that young widows have to put up with a whole bunch of shit that other widows don't, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Isn't this what I said to you yesterday? What did I say to you? You can't correct ignorance. You can't. 
You can't. I just like, looked at this man. Like, are you fucking kidding me? No, that is so wrong. People don't say stupid things to other people. Keep it in your head. Yeah. Okay. Think it over. Like, I'm just I'm think sorry about that it a you second. And, you and your wife, things did not work out, and I don't know your situation, but you just judged mine. And I Didn't would never talk about yours. this a few weeks ago. Didn't we talk about this a few weeks ago? People do not wish another person dead. Yeah, maybe like do, I think like two weeks is, ago we talked about it. That's the kind of juju you don't need in your life. Yeah. Okay. Do not wish other people dead. Right. Okay. I don't care. Hate them with every fiber of your being, but do not wish them dead. Okay. I don't care. You can hate people. Hate's a strong word you're not supposed to hate, but you know what? You can fucking hate people. There's things okay? that we all hate. It's fine. We just don't like to talk about it. But anyway, back to your Jenny point. Hatmaker. Husband and her are getting a divorce, and it's hard as hell on her. I get it. Okay. So she's got shit to deal with. We have shit to deal with. Mm-hmm. But she just puts our lives into perspective in a way that I don't think anyone else can. So she had a post earlier today. I want you to go look it up because our rendition of it will not do it justice. Read it yourself. <laughs> but basically, um, the point of it was in really hard times. She said, make a list of all the good things that happened in that exact time. So read her list. It's it's amazing. Um, I thought about it. And to be quite honest with you, I think it's a fantastic idea. I don't think I'm ready yet right now to make my list. Oh, I'm um, definitely not. My list would just no. be anger. <laughs> but it would just um, be angry things. I did put a little star next to the one thing on her list that I know you and I can both appreciate. Um, that she got her Rose Apothecary shirt in the <gasps> yeah. And I'm like, oh my god! Oh my oh god, my I god. love you more now than ever. Like, she loves Shit's Creek too? <laughs> like, oh my god. We, right? oh my god. She's just incredible. And then I was like, I want a Rose Apothecary shirt. Yeah, I, I don't have one of those. No, so we're going to get some of those. Yeah. Um, so I was not ready to completely make a list, but instead of – I'm going to challenge you, Elisa, to come up with one thing. Okay. okay? One thing. Um, it doesn't need to be a whole list, but one thing, because this is our F this and F that, is we're going to have one list thing. So this is my one thing. Um, overall, um, I regret doing some things this weekend that um, – and not just because somebody said something not nice to me and I'm like, boo-hoo, woe is me, someone made me sad. Okay, it's not that. Um, I had to give myself a pep talk to go this weekend in the first place because I was like, you know, my kids are really going to like it, but I just, I don't like to leave my house anymore. I'm going to say it. I don't like to leave my house. I'll drive my son to school. I will pick my son up from school. I will go grocery shopping once a week. But other than that, I do not like to leave my house. I go to the post office pretty much every day to drop off packages as well. Um, Those are the kinds of things I'm okay with in my life right now. Other than that, anything else needs a pretty big pep talk to myself to get done right um and that's what this took you know I was like it's a two-hour drive it's just one night then I was like okay it's all day and then you know like the next day and the kids will have fun and you know like Mike's gonna be working and sleeping anyways and there's Halloween stuff and there's not a lot of Halloween stuff opportunities this year so um 
I mean, overall, my kids had a really great time. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what matters to me is that, right. you know, and my kids don't know that I was a hot fucking mess all weekend. Okay. They, they don't. Um, how you can hide crying yourself to sleep, waking up with tears in your eyes when you're sharing a bed with your children and drive them home for two hours, crying for at least one hour of that two hour drive. And they don't know um, that that's a skill. And I don't really know how to teach it, but that apparently <laughs> it just, is a skill. It just happened. Because my kids, my kids don't know that I was a fucking disaster um, because I, and you know, and it wasn't just today. I've been a disaster for the past seven years, um, but I don't let that ruin my kids' experiences. We talked about this holidays right. and whatnot. Right. Um, so go back and listen to those episodes. But so anyways, tonight my husband got home, you know, kind of unleashed all, all the feelings on him. And then he went to take a shower and I kind of gave the kids until he was done with the shower. I kind of wait till the last possible moment because like trying to keep the kids out of the house when you really want to just crawl under a blanket and cry some more is hard. Um, but I was like, we got to leave because otherwise I'm just going to be here like freaking out because like I just I would sit here the whole time. And then like my stress levels start rising. Right. So I was like, well, what do you guys want to do for dinner? So my oldest son like he really wanted a milkshake from we have this place near us it's like totally local like one of the very few cash only businesses left in the world right would you have to appreciate that like you know you walk up to the counter you order your burgers and dogs and your milkshakes and you know you get like a 10 course meal for five bucks because um but he really wanted to go there and I was like but there's no inside seating you have to sit outside or go somewhere I'm like no like I want to sit inside so um he was like well I want grilled cheese and a milkshake and I'm like all right well let me see so then I was like Alexa like where can you get grilled cheese this by the way like fuck this okay at least I know you said it we're not gonna do it but fuck this I asked her I said where can you get grilled cheese and she's like oh I found a place near you. It's called the Grilled Cheese Factory, and it's only 63.1 miles away from you. I'm like, are you motherfucking kidding me? That's not even close. That's not near me. That's That's an hour away. And then then the second one on her list was like 72.6 miles away, and then like 94.7 miles away. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you're fucking useless. So then I had to ask Siri, who was not so helpful either. No, but he's not either. I no, he okay, and I blame that on the fact. Sorry, this is going to be a totally sexist comment, but I blame the fact that my Siri is useless on the fact that I changed it to a male voice like five years ago, <laughs> and I honestly don't know how to change it back. Um, <laughs> for a while, I changed mine to a British man, which was, was awesome. Like, and I feel like my Siri got dumber the day that I did that and I just had no energy or know-how on how to fix it and so I've just left it and now it's just been way too long so anyway that didn't work so he's like was determined I want grilled cheese and a milkshake so I'm like okay so then we left the house we had to get out of the house like Dante was like ah and I'm like daddy's sleeping and so we went in the car I sat in the driveway for a minute to look up like what we're gonna do and don't ask me what I did because then I started driving and I still had no freaking clue where we were going <laughs> but we're and, driving <laughs> and then I remembered I was gonna like 
I thought of a place. So I was like, all right, let me pull over for a second. But I was like, I think I know where I can take you. But I wanted to look at the menu, which is what I forgot to do. Mm. He's like, oh, he's like, we have to pull over because you might be going the wrong way. I'm like, no, I'm not going the wrong way (laughs) because you can go left. Left or right out of our driveway. Left goes to no man's land, and right goes to society. Yes. So, so I'm like, no, it didn't go the wrong way. So I just want to know if like this place has it. So, um, most people probably know of it because it's a chain. So I was like, okay, I was like, I did find a place, but I was like, we're gonna go to Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger. He's like, we're going to Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger. I'm like, no, I said it's called Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And so I said, so I'm like, C-H-E-E, burger. And then you say it again, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Okay, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Okay, mommy. How long does it take to go to burger, cheeseburger, cheese? <laughs> I'm just like, I love you. And it's like, this is like, that is the good moment in all of this. And let me tell you, this kid it was the happiest kid in the world because he could pick from this massive they list of milkshakes. And the girl was like, does he want the eight ounce or the 16? I'm like, bud, do you want the little one or the big one? He was like the big one. And he drank that whole thing. Wow. And they don't like, so they bring it out and I forgot about this. I haven't been there in forever. They bring it out in like the fancy milkshake glass mm-hmm. with the long spoon and the straw. But then they bring you the metal thing with the extra yeah. milkshake that fills the whole cup up again. But it filled the whole thing up again, like, when he was done. And so then he took the rest with him. Um, we both – I shared with Dante because he doesn't ever drink a whole milkshake. Um, so we took him with us and we were done. And then poor Dante. I had to cut him off because he ate way too much food. And he was, like, pissed at me. He was like, no, more, more. I'm like, no, no more. I'm like, you ate too much. Like, <laughs> you had – milkshake followed by cheese when all you eat is cheese and you have not pooped in two days you are done and he was like more and more I was like feeding him French I was like Vinny I was like giving him French on the way home we went to Trader Joe's and then we're driving home and like hand the takeout container in the backseat like you just give your brother some French fries and he's like why do I have to hand him the French fries and I'm like and he's like why do I have to hand him just one French fry I was like it's not just one when he's done with that French fry you're gonna hand him another one he wouldn't do it. I was like, forget it. I was like, just cut him off. He's fine. <laughs> so we're, we're he came good. home and, and ate like a few more bites. And then he pooped and we decided we were done. And I was like, thank God. But that, like, that was my moment. The highlight of actually this whole scenario is when we got there, sat down. He looks at the menu and he's like, actually, mommy, I want the mac and cheese. Oh, Okay. I'm like, not the grilled cheese that I had to search high and low for to find grilled cheese and a milkshake on the same menu. So I'm like, but I got his brother grilled cheese anyways, because he was obsessed with me. Do you want me to get Dante grilled cheese? Like you can share. And he's like, nope. And he did not want any part of that grilled cheese. He had his mac and cheese. And then we had a very in-depth conversation about whose dinner was cheesier. Of course. He thinks his one. I know it's made from the powder that comes in the craft box, but whatever. (laughs) And he, this poor innocent kid, thinks they add more cheese on top of it when they're done. They don't, but that's cute. No, but that was cute. So that is that is my good thing in really hard times. Hmm. Well, I guess. I know it's hard to follow up a Vinny story. It is. I'm sorry. Right? No and you, cheese, and you put cheese. me on the spot and I like was not prepared at all. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. I don't know if I could say like in in times, but I guess I could refer to it as 
in this weekend. Because I... Yes. No, that's what I mean. In this current time. So she's saying this is what she says to do in hard times. But right now she's saying you have to make a list of good things that happen during this hard time. Yeah. So I would say, like, I have to narrow it down because for me, it's easier to live my life day by day Mm -hmm. still. Um, So I'm just going to look at literally day by day and being able to go outside this weekend and walk in two different parks one yesterday uh, one today and actually take the time to look at the trees that that's that's my one good thing like literally in this time of right now was just being able to step back from electronics and reality and the struggle and just look at the trees and fall because we actually we're really lucky like as much as you guys have probably seen my IV stories and how much I talk about how I hate being cold um we are really lucky that we do get four seasons and we get to see all these cool things happen and fall it's just absolutely stunning and we've been really lucky this year to have like a really beautiful fall like where the leaves are slowly changing it's not like they're green and then brown and then gone because that's happened Mm -hmm. a few times (laughs) um so i'm gonna say that and i know it sounds very generic and very like oh that's like the easy answer out but for Mm -hmm. me that's what what i need it was just like a break from everything the peace and quiet. Um, yesterday, we walked through this park that's actually right by my work. And we were there, we being Zlota and myself, um, we were there for over two hours. And like, literally like walking through part of the creek that has dried up. We found a dirt bike area where like people were jumping moguls and stuff and that I didn't know existed like we ran into a deer like legit like we were walking down a path and I heard a noise and I looked and there was a deer like two feet away from me and I jumped because I didn't expect a deer to be like literally right there I was like um I made a bunch of a bunch of uh boomerangs of leaves and very various uh, fall festive things watching the streams go or throwing leaves at my dog <laughs> which you mm-hmm. can you can see if you follow my my animals on Instagram under the furry Faust um, the, the video is pretty funny because she actually kind of got like a little afraid of it <laughs> of the leaves she's like what are you doing mom but that that's my thing is just being able to take that break that's great and I will um just say that it's not the easy way out because you are in the state of mind that I've been in the past few days and you know when you're in a funk or in a mood and you don't like you said 10 minutes ago, you said, I, I don't want to make a good list of things. But then I said, you had to pick one and you did. And that 
that's hard when you don't want to think, you know, and it's very easy for people, whether you have, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, issues, or you're just having a bad day. Everybody gets in those moods where they're just like, I just want to sit with the bad thoughts and the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I've even had, like, you know, or even if it's just a day, like today I want, I want to have a self pity party and tomorrow I'll be better. Um, and you don't want to make the good list, but you did it. And I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and the leaves are very beautiful. Um, I drove through country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to for two hours. A really nice Twice movie. this weekend. And oh my gosh, the views are gorgeous when you're in that, the country with the hills yeah. and the leaves. And I just, I, you know, and I kind of wonder, as you were saying, like, you know, yeah, there's been quite a few years where it's like they're green and then all of a sudden they're on the ground and they're brown. Yeah. And as you were saying that, it made me wonder, like, do you think that really happens? Or do you think this is the first year with still so many things shut down that we've just had the opportunity to notice? Like, I don't, well, I can say because, like, the area that Carrie was um, camping in is very close to where I went to college. And, like, fall there, like, I always noticed it. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved away and moved to areas where fall doesn't really happen, I mean, it does, mm-hmm. but not like it does in our area. Um, it was super depressing because it was just like, oh, the leaves aren't there. Like they're just there and then they're gone. Um, or it's 93 degrees and the leaves are changing. And that's weird because it's 93 degrees and the leaves shouldn't be changing. Yeah. Uh, but it happens so like I think though for me like it always was like I always noticed it because it was such a big reason why I picked that college um, it was mm-hmm. a big reason why we got married in October because you you know can save money on backgrounds because the leaves are just perfect and they look pretty right. on things but no there's just been like some falls that are just like meh or like they like the leaves peak really early and it'll be like the first weekend in um, in October and they're all that super beautiful colors and then the next weekend nothing and the wind has blown them all off yeah. but I can understand what you're saying I, but for me personally no it's not because of like, no, I, I always notice. I notice it Carrie no I notice everything I don't notice everything um, I am looking over and I am noticing right now that because my husband woke up, snuck out, made his coffee and left for work all within this time. Um, oh. And he didn't want to interrupt me, which is fine. But now I noticed that I bought an extra bag of chocolate covered peanut butter filled pretzel to Trader Joe's so he could take a bag to work with him. And Ooh. I didn't get to tell him that they were there because they're his. So oh. he'll get them tomorrow. Them it's fine. It's fine. He's probably on his way to like, he probably, look, he... By his second night, he'll leave earlier because he likes to just go, like, buy a sob or some pizza or something right. and then, like, get that for work, which I get it. Like, when you're that tired, you don't want to think about what you need what you're gonna to take. <laughs> you just buy it and take it. And, ugh. So one more night of this, and then we'll get back to an exhausting week. Normal, please. 
So thank you guys for, excuse me, my unwind tea is helping me wind down. Yeah. Um, this was one I haven't tried from Snarky before Oh, it's today, one of my favorites. I like, oh my gosh, just the smell mm-hmm. of it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So unwind, another new favorite from Snarky Tea. Guys, we do not get paid for we this. We don't. We just um, love them. Love them, love them, love them. Um, thanks, guys, for sticking this out with us. I mean, it was... It was a rough one to get through, but you know what? It's people need to hear it. Um, that's why we did it. And you know what? Like when we do episodes like this, I just I want to stress we don't do it because the two of us need a bitch fest because we can do that with each other like <laughs> just fine. Um, we do it because we feel that strongly that other people need to hear it too. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things. I mean, we as a society bottle too much up and, you know, like maybe you might talk to your best friend about it or your spouse, but, you know, you don't say it openly enough. And I'm not saying get up in the face of every person no. and like, you know, scream at them and punch them. And, you know, like you don't have to confront every person that pisses you off, but make it known that you're not going to put up with that shit yep. because you don't deserve to put up with that shit. Um, and if you are the one dealing the shit, be kind. Okay. Like take it from Ellen DeGeneres and just be be nice to people. Okay. I mean, just know that, you know, you could be that person's breaking point and you just, you know, and I'm not like, we all say stuff stupidly and we all have our moments, um, but I think that we all can tell the difference between when somebody says something intentionally meant to be mean or classic foot and mouth syndrome. Right. And there's a, there is a difference. And I get that. Um, so with that, keep up with us this week and always share with your friends. Um, rate and review this podcast if you've been listening along. Um, it's super helpful to us. Um, so that other people can find it and just kind of helps boost us up, share it, um, whatever platform you're listening on, there should be a option to share and get a link to post it on your social pages Mm -hmm. or just text it to somebody and say, Hey, listen to this. I thought you might like it. Um, and so, um, please do that. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook at filterless females, Twitter at filterless FNF. Email us, filterlessfemales at gmail.com. Um, we love your feedback. We love to hear from you and interact with you guys. Um, and it's been going on for a few weeks now, probably longer. But um, we have daily IGTV um, yes. live streams on Instagram. Tune in. I mean, they're they're just a way to break up your day. But, you know, there's little nuggets here and there of useful information. Um, right now we do them independently because it's the way our schedules work. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a nice little, you know, look into our individual lives, right. I should say. So um, I'm up sometime in the morning um, usually. And Elisa does some lovely lunchtime yeah, usually walks. like which... around 1-ish. I know our friends so, at Call Coffee um, tend to crash that one. They like... Yeah, like, uh, coming into yeah lunchtime, which is fun. Sorry, guys, I have to take my dog outside. I think we really are filterless. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. oh we just got disconnected. Just so, guys, with that, we're like, gonna oh, say no, have a good night. Pocket, oh, you're AirPods back. Are in. What the hell?
No, I mean, I can, I, we no, are wrapping I was up anyway. Like, so right, that's a wrap. And I'm like, don't wait. Be fierce for most of all these. Bye, guys.